Here in America, work is in trouble. We've offshored our manufacturing, sent away good jobs, and lost so much ability to make things. American Giant is a company that's pushing back against this tide. They make high-quality clothing, sweatshirts, jeans, dresses, jackets, and so much more right here in the USA. Visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order when you use code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com. Promo code STAPLE20. The Big Fight Weekend Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network of Shows is brought to you by WinBet. Get started today and you'll get a risk-free bet up to $500. Terms and conditions apply. Get the details at wynnbet.com and download the app today. We're also brought to you in part by PropSwap, America's number one app to buy and sell sports bets. Use the promo code SGP on your first deposit and receive up to $500 in bonus cash. That's PropSwap.com, promo code SGP. We're also brought to you in part by Underdog Fantasy. Sign up at UnderdogFantasy.com with promo code SGPN and receive a free $25 entry to use in the Best Ball Mania 2 and a chance to win a million bucks. And make sure you tune in for the draft day, July 13th. That's when Ryan Kramer of the Sports Gambling Podcast attempts to draft for 24 hours straight with Underdog Fantasy. And we're also brought to you in part by the SGPN app. Just enter SGPN in the App Store or the Google Play Store to download it today. The countdown is on to fight time. This is Big Fight Weekend. Now, here is your host, TJ Reeves. Yes, indeed. Hello there and welcome in. Welcome into the month of July as we get ready to talk all about everything that's up in the world of boxing in the sweet science. It is the Big Fight Weekend podcast. Great to have you with us. However you found us, as I like to say, social media link, Sports Gambling Podcast Network of Shows, sportsgamblingpodcast.com. However you found this show, make sure you are subscribed via Apple Podcasts, via uh, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you get podcasts, just search for Big Fight Weekend and find us on the program. And by the way, we need to keep making mention that, that we are growing. We are seeing thousands of you find us the month of June again, thousands and thousands and thousands of you finding the Big Fight Weekend podcast. So thank you again. Make sure you are subscribed and the podcast will come automatically to you. Uh, whenever we're in the preview mode, usually on Friday for the weekend. But uh, again, when development's more, it will come back in with recap podcasts as well after big enough fights. And certainly we've got Wilder uh, and Fury for the third time coming up. Uh, Manny Pacquiao, Errol Spence later in the summer in August coming up. Whenever those the, the, there's a high-end, humongous, mega fight like that, we'll come back in with a recap podcast, not just in the preview mode. If you are subscribed, you get that podcast automatically, comes automatically to your device, to your phone, to your iPad, et cetera. You get the ding notification, and uh, you're up and you're rolling with us on Big Fight Weekend. All right, lots to get to, lots to discuss. I waste no further time. I bring in the senior writer from BigFightWeekend.com. Mr. Marquise Johns, and I should make mention, uh, the audience that follows me on social media knows I've been hanging out in Las Vegas for this weekend in the desert. Uh, no, I was not able to scalp a ticket as of yet for either uh, Wilder Fury Marquise 
or for <laughs> Spence Pacquiao as of yet. I have now ventured back at the time that we're taping the podcast. We're doing this late night headed into the weekend from Vegas, but I don't have Marquise topped because Marquise has been my Florida wingman for years now on the website of the podcast, but my man has spread his wings and has flown to the mile high city, not necessarily on his own. I think you did go by airplane uh, and you have relocated to Denver as in you're not coming back to Florida, at least not on a permanent basis. So uh, I, I should say via John Elway country uh, via, via the, the Rocky mountain high uh, here is Marquise Johns on the big fight weekend podcast how are you pretty good TJ thanks for the intro yeah uh, great to be out here in Denver these teams really do suck right now though however <laughs> but it's, it's it's great to know that you're still back in Tampa where winning is happening and I'm over here watching a team struggle mightily against the formidable Pittsburgh Pirates but oh, that's another story for another day gosh <laughs> I know Denver's Denver's playoff season while we cross over sports had so much optimism where Colorado was the top seed in the Stanley cup playoffs. Goodbye. Didn't even get into the final four. The Denver nuggets were what I, I think like the third seed in the Western conference playoffs. Goodbye. Didn't even Bounce. get into the Western conference finals. <laughs> the Broncos are still trying to figure it out this off season because they've been bad basically for three or four years now post Peyton Manning. Maybe you're the new savior. Peyton Manning was the savior. Maybe Marquise Johns, BigFightWeekend.com is the new savior rolling in to uh, to Bronco land, to Denver, to the Mile High City. I wish, TJ, but I'm hoping that the Jaguars uh, at some point, once Tim Tebow make, misses some of these uh, these uh, preseason season cuts, makes his way back over here and leads his team back to victory like he did aeons ago. <laughs> Yeah. Like a four-yard out pass that went for 86 yards. Yeah, well, he did win a playoff game. He'll <laughs> he'll be the first one to admit that, and Gator fans will be the first one to admit that. He did win a playoff game with the Broncos. Yeah. Peyton Manning did a little better, though, as his replacement, as it turns yeah. out. Uh, <laughs> in any event, all right, enough about Denver. Uh, you're in the mile-high climate. I have been in the desert. I don't know how hot it's been in Denver. Enlighten me. Uh, has it been – I mean, it's been hot in the western United States. Has Denver seen some highs in the 90s or higher right now? What's the climate? Yeah, yeah TJ, it's been 94 here all week and dry, mind you. So oh, yeah. in, instead of instead of the greatness of, you know, we're, we're in Florida where it's all, you know, muggy and, and you're sweating. We get, we get 94 and 94% humidity in Florida. So I have been gone with the wife and my twin daughters on a family pre-planned vacation to Las Vegas – where I kid you not, we got in the uh, in the uh, taxi to come from McCarran Airport to the Vegas Strip last Sunday at the time that we're taping, and we're in the cab at 12.30 midday, afternoon, lunchtime, and the temperature reading was 107 degrees oh, no. in, in there in, in Vegas, and that's not the hottest that it was or the hottest that it's going to be, but we still spent four or five days there with chapped lips, dehydrated, dry heat. Welcome to the <laughs> desert, the whole bit. We have left, and this weekend it's back up into the 110s, as they call it, 110, 112 for this weekend. <laughs> so it's actually good that they're not having an outdoor fight this week or this weekend in Las Vegas with those temperatures, with what nice. they're doing. I will say this. I put a photo up on social media back a couple of days ago, and you can go find it under – uh, Buck sideline guy. I do that. I do the work with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, as Marquise knows on the radio. Uh, Champa Bay and the and the Bucks doing well while we talk other sports. So I put the photo up. 
I'm out on the, the balcony of our hotel, which was the Cosmopolitan. And by the way, another plug here on the Big Fight Weekend podcast, the mm-hmm. Cosmopolitan, one of our uh, sponsors that we're going to be mentioning more and more headed to these big fights in Las Vegas for this week or for this month, I should say, and for next month. So mm-hmm. I'm staying at the Cosmopolitan, and I am yeah. right across from famous Caesars Palace, Marquise Johns. Okay. Uh, so I took a photo and pointed to Caesars Palace and put it on social media. And it's just neat because you and I have talked so much the last month about the Kings, the four-part documentary on Showtime of Sugar Ray Leonard, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, Thomas Hitman Hearns, Hands of Stone, Roberto Duran, Mm -hmm. and those great fights in the 1980s. And all of them, all of them happened right there at Caesars Palace. So it's cool just to walk around. It was the outdoor venue uh it's cool to walk around and they've built up around it obviously in the last 35 40 years but i marquise i was right there around it so it was just so cool to 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 be nostalgic and walk around that and go man leonard and hearns fought 40 years ago right here now now granted I should say the Duran first fight, as we covered with Leonard, was in Montreal, Canada. You wrote about Uh it for BigFightWeekend.com. The rematch was in New Orleans. So not all of the fights, the Nomas fight was in the Big Easy in the Superdome. Not all of the fights were right there. But once Leonard fought Hearns, that was in the outdoor stadium at Caesars Palace. The same thing with Hagler Hearns. The same thing with Leonard Hagler. They were all right there. So I'm just being very nostalgic is my point, Marquise, to, to be a part of that. Yeah, no, it's it's cool that you're able to go back to Vegas and see where, you know, the, the, the fight side of all these great fights. And the fact that you, your picture is pretty funny, Tisa, just, just pointing at the window like, hey, look at this. It's like, oh, <laughs> just, just a little just a little unknown Caesars Palace uh, hotel, you know, out in Vegas. No, we'll no, retweet no it off the Big Fight Weekend Twitter as well. I think I may have already. So you can go look under the Big Fight Weekend Twitter as yeah. well, and you'll see me pointing at Caesars Palace. <laughs> Um, and it's it's incredible what's around. You know what's neat? Uh, I didn't yeah. realize this is the T-Mobile Arena where they're gonna have Fury Wilder three. Mm-hmm. It is literally walking distance from almost anything in the middle of the strip. Caesar's okay. Palace, Cosmopolitan, uh, the MGM Grand is right across from T-Mobile Arena, uh, and you've got Aria that's there, the big hotel and casino. They're all within like a five to 10 minute at the most walk to the T-Mobile arena. So the strip will be alive and electric, but for example, the Thomas and Mack center for the fans that are wanting to visualize this and you see all these fights in Vegas and where are they happening? The Thomas and Mack center is all the way at the South end of the strip by the, by the airport Marquis. So you can't really walk there. You have to cab it or Uber. It's not like you can walk there. The the uh, Virgin Hotel, where Top Rank has had these three fights, and we'll get to Lomachenko and his dominant win in the lightweight division in the Top Rank main event last week. We'll get to that in just a second. That hotel is the former Hard Rock Hotel and Casino. It is all the way by the Thomas and Mack, all the way off the strip, all the way at the end. Okay. So, again, that's not really walking distance. But that T-Mobile Arena where the Vegas Golden Knights played hockey, past tense, Champa Bay, baby, our Champa Bay Lightning, <laughs> two wins from winning the hockey championship. But in any event, that that place where they're going to have Wilder Fury th- three is right there, uh, right behind Park MGM that has the huge Jamie Foxx likeness billboard, uh, digital yeah. billboard that's up. 
you can go, you can get there again very easily on foot by the thousands staying in and around the strip. So it's really cool, really compacted there. It was neat to see that. And I just wanted to share that with the Big Fight Weekend audience because, uh, again, the the uh, second Wilder Fury fight was at the MGM Grand, right mm-hmm. inside the arena, that famous arena that's had so many humongous fights in the last 25 years. The T-Mobile arena is across the street and behind the Park MGM Hotel, easy to get to, all right there on the strip is the point. So and it's, it's coming to life, my friend. I mean, there were tens of thousands of my closest friends around my wife and twins in and around the strip every night. So Vegas back open, Nevada back open. It is coming back, Marquise Johns. Which, which means at, at this point, TJ, for all intents and purposes, in terms of our neck of the wood for boxing, boxing would be better. In fact, the more fans will be able to come back to see some more of these cards. And we're pretty much back to being as close to normal as we possibly can in this country. And I can tell you from being out there, uh, Nevada has got uh, has relaxed a lot of the COVID guidelines. They've got most of I, I saw something. I believe it's more than 70 percent of the Nevada residents now have the vaccine. Of course, you got tourists worldwide that are flooding in. And who knows who doesn't have a mask on that they have the vaccine or not. But I mean, everywhere you went, restaurants, casinos, any of the different stuff, nobody's got a mask on. So it is, it has opened up. Some normalcy is back. And I fully expect you're going to see bigger uh, fights upcoming here where nobody, I mean, there's not going to be the COVID restrictions that there has been, at least what I saw uh, from the time being out there. All right. So all of that out of the way, let's get to a little bit of the recaps next weekend Uh, by outline of the show, by virtue of of wanting to tell you what else we got coming up. We're going to hear from Showtime, Sean Porter, the former WBC world Walter Wade champion, still one of the top contenders. He's very interested in that Manny Pacquiao, Errol Spence fight in Vegas, by the way, also coming at the T-Mobile arena uh, in August. Uh, He wants to know about the winner, possible rematch with Spence, possible fight with Manny Pacquiao. You'll hear from Showtime Sean Porter and Marquise. I got to meet him and be around him earlier this week on Monday of the week at the time that we're taping. I got to meet him and be around him. There's a photo up. Our buddy T.C. Martin, tcmartinshow.com, tweeted out the photo. You can check out uh, Sean and I. uh, Sean spent a good 45 minutes on TC's radio show Monday and revealed something interesting. Let's tease the audience. He mentioned the name Terrence Crawford. And, okay, just give us a tease. Are you somewhat, sort of, or really, or off the charts intrigued that Sean Porter and Terrence Crawford are talking to each other about fighting each other maybe? I'm intrigued that they're actually talking to each At least they, like you're getting the ball rolling. The question now for TJ, as we all know, is who's going to have to host this fight? We, we, for all intents and purposes, TJ, it's not going to be top rank. So I'm, I'm really intrigued to see what happens after that to see if that, if that actually comes to fruition. All right, so you'll hear Sean Porter talking more about that on this podcast, on the Big Fight Weekend podcast coming up. There's a tease, as we like to say, Mm -hmm. in the broadcasting business for later on. And again, as I love to say, and I make Marquise laugh about this all the time, I'd love to lie to the audience and tell them that we have tremendous championship fights that are upcoming, but I I would be lying to the audience, and we do it on a show. Uh, There is a Showtime uh, main event card, Chris Colbert, uh, in action and, and the fighter, uh, Nyambayar, a Mongolian, you want to help with the first name or what are we going for the nickname Colbert's opponent Saturday night showtime in uh, Carson, California? What, what are we going with, with the name? 
We're going with King Tug, TJ. Uh, I think it is. I think I think it is uh, Tug and Sod. Actually, it's been a while. Tug and Sod, King Tug, huh? Is yeah. what we're gonna go with. That's what we're going with. And so he's fighting Colbert Jr. Lightweight WBA lesser belt is on the line. That's the headline fight on Showtime. And again, they're replaying Gervonta Davis, Mario Barrios on the Showtime card, a, a replay one week later. Let's begin right there. That fight in Atlanta, uh, I believe the fight of last weekend, one of the best fights we've had maybe this year, just from all of the intrigue, Davis moving up. Two weight classes, basically, from his normal weight to 140. Barrios, I thought, really hung in. Those are my thoughts. Marquise Johns, you are the senior writer, BigFightWeekend.com. Gervonta Davis eventually got his stoppage, but this was not an easy night. This was not a knockover in the first or second round. Surprisingly, it wasn't teaching. I thought this fight would be a lot more uh, difficult for him than it actually played out to be. And the one thing that Tank did, well, moving up to 140, which made this fight really interesting than anything else. We, we all want to figure out if his power would carry over with the new weight class. And that was the one thing that you wrote for, for at, on Big Fight Weekend that it did, and he knocked him down twice. It, what I thought was really interesting, TJ, was I thought the fight was really close. And granted, Davis got the stoppage in the 11th round, but the final scorecards made it seem like it was our friendship open and shut case regardless, which I thought was really interesting. Well, uh, I mean, it was a back and forth fight. And he actually, I know what you mean. He knocked him down three times, the third yeah. time in the final round, and then eventually stopped him. Uh, but for the first three or four rounds of the fight, he was a little apprehensive, Gervonta Davis. Even though he's unbeaten, he's the drawing card. He's got a big punch. How would that punch translate to hitting a six-foot-tall, virtually, a five-foot-eleven uh, Mario Barrios? And, and Davis has given up a legit four inches, if not five inches in height and, and six or seven inches in reach to Barrios. He could not solve that and could not close the distance really consistently for the first four or five rounds of the fight and Barrios, I thought, uh, won a couple of those rounds impressively, scored with his jab, scored with the right behind it. Uh, again, Davis was never really rocked, hurt, much less knocked down, but there were a couple punches that got his attention. And you're like, okay, this guy's from San Antonio. Uh, you know, he's El Azteca, he's like the Azteca warrior. He is he is standing right in uh with the smaller Davis and saying, I am not afraid of you, and I'm gonna punch. But to Davis's credit, we saw that punching power you just alluded to. He walloped a 140-pound, not world champion, but yeah. championship contending caliber fighter. He who had been undefeated up until that point, who had never been down in 26 pro fights, and he walloped him. Gervonta Davis did in that yeah, fight. He did. He did, TJ. And the one thing I, I thought was really great about it uh, for that fight for Davis was the fact that he able, was able to overcome this adversity and just pretty much show that he can close the show out, which is something that he didn't do in the Gamboa fight that he had in Atlanta, sure. which was totally different this go around with this one where he pretty much was out, the, he was out for blood with this one, TJ. And I really liked and he, it. And he got the knockdowns in the eighth round, just to be a little more specific about that fight, then we'll move on to Lomachenko and Nakatani, which you have much more insight on because you were watching that one more closely than I was yeah. uh, last weekend. Uh, but Davis knocked him down twice, could have maybe stopped him. Barrio somehow uh, did, a, did a good job of surviving. He didn't grab Davis and hold him, which was the dangerous thing. I mean, he was on the verge of being stopped. He wouldn't grab him and hold him. He's standing right in front of him. Davis has already scored two knockdowns. But Barrios actually hit him a couple of times and kind of backed him off a little bit. And so then I thought Gervonta Davis may have punched himself out for the ninth round and kind of had it on cruise. And I'm like, man, there's still intrigue in this fight. He may not have a lot left. Yeah. And then, man, they, they exchanged big punches in the 10th. And finally, the Davis got him uh, in the 11th. And now we'll see what 
uh, Gervonta Davis does next. Of course, Josh Taylor has all four of the belts as the undisputed champion, despite what uh, anybody from uh, Davis's camp, Leonard Ellerby, Mayweather Promotions, Floyd Mayweather would say it's not the world championship. They can call it whatever they want. Josh Taylor has the world championship for the WBA. He beat Regis Prograce for it. Yeah. So uh, in any event, will he fight Taylor? There's rumors again about Ryan Garcia. All right, Marquise, I put it to you. If you could wave a magic wand late in this year, who do you want Gervonta Davis in there with next at 140 or 135? You know what's funny, TJ? Uh, despite everything that's been going on, I'm going to backpack to what we had when we had Abe Gonzalez on, on this episode of the podcast a while back where he mentioned Ryan Garcia, and that's the fight that has to happen for Tank Davis. There is no other option personally. I believe Floyd uh, mentioned after the fight with Tank, he's like, hey, we'll fight you know, PBC in-house guys, yada, yada. They've been doing that already. We know this already. We want somebody else. So I'm thinking we're going to get somebody else. That's the curveball where I think where Ryan Garcia overcomes his mental health issues or whatever's going on with him, and this fight happens at the end of the year one way or the you other. You really believe that PBC Showtime and Golden Boy, which Garcia still has a long-term deal with Golden Boy, are going to come together and be able to make that happen? Honestly, TJ, it, for Golden Boy, it kind of has happened because we don't know what's going on with, with, with the zone deal after this July 9th card, and we're, we're, we're still waiting on this Oscar De La Hoya Triller stuff. I mean, we're still waiting on that. Who knows? Golden Boy has to do something with these with these, with these fighters. And they're letting fighters go left and right slowly and quietly, R Rashid wow. Ellis, for example. So something's got to get one way to every night. And, and Grind Garcia is their cash cow since Canelo's not there. So they got they, they – got, at this point, TJ, it's put up or shut up with this guy. All right, so uh, while that fight was going on in Atlanta, and again, they had over 15,000 there legit to watch mm -hmm. that fight, and they got their money's worth. That was an action-packed fight, and again, Showtime will replay the fight if you didn't see the pay-per-view on the Premium Network Saturday night during their fight card. They'll show it in its entirety, and I promise you, Davis deserves credit for getting the knockout, absolutely. But Mario Barrios was more than just credible. He was legit. He was landing some punches. He took Davis's shots. He deserves a lot of credit. And I know you wrote on BigFightWeekend.com that Barrios acquitting himself well means he's probably going to get another prominent fight, maybe not a rematch with Davis anytime soon, but he'll get another prominent fight and deserves it. He acquitted himself well is essentially what you wrote. Absolutely, TJ. And the way that he re, uh, pretty much, he be, I think, honestly, Barros may become that bigger winner out of this fight besides Tank Davis, actually, in defeat. Because for the one fact that essentially Barros was was all but not really all, like, pretty much also ran off this fight, per se. And he made a, a, a game effort and he had a chance to win this thing. And he, he's going to be a bigger winner because of it. And it, it's amazing because the fight that he had before this one with Tank was against Abbasir Akhbadayev. And he looked absolutely awful. And this one completely erases all of that out. Yep, and sometimes styles make fights. And again, uh, we'll move on to Lomachenko here in just one second. Yeah. He was bigger. Uh, it, it's all understood. This is the challenge when you're a littler fighter and you're moving up to fight bigger fighters with the punching power, which is the point. Barrio should have had some success with punching a littler, shorter, smaller fighter, and he was able to do that. But again, Davis overcame it and got the knockout. All right, Vasily Lomachenko. I have seen the highlights. I've read your recap. I've read other recaps. What were you most impressed with? A ninth round stoppage over uh, Masayoshi Nakatani, lightweight contender showdown. Lomachenko in the ring for the first time since losing to Teofimo Lopez and losing the undisputed lightweight title fight. Give me two or three things that stood out for Lomachenko. Go. 
TJ, he was actually active this go-around. That Lomachenko-Lopez fight we all saw last year, uh, pretty much that, that was still a great line from uh, Adam Abramowitz from SN, uh, Saturday Night Boxing. The first six rounds of that fight, Lomachenko was doing interpretive dance. And that is the one thing <laughs> that did not happen in this fight against Nakatani. He came out firing, and Nakatani had absolutely zero answer. Expected he had no answer, but the way he had no answer. At, at one point, TJ, halfway through this fight, like the fourth or fifth round, Nakatani wasn't landing any punches. It, it became almost... TJ identical to the Stevenson uh, Nakatilia fight where it's like, all right, one guy's throwing, and the other guy just is, is, is uh, taking all of it. And that's exactly what happened with this one. And, and Lomachenko went for blood and killed this one out in, in, in very impressive fashion, by the way. So Lomachenko do we'll you, back to normal. Do you criticize him just slightly that he didn't do it earlier, as dominant as he was, that it took until the, what, the ninth round, right, to get the stoppage? Yeah. Or do you say, hey, I'm fine with that. He was dominant all the way through, and he got his stoppage. He got his KO give it to him that's good what what would you say i'm fair with that teacher only because nakatani was one of those guys that he he he, he was he was built up as one of these, these rugged durable guys that's that, that doesn't go down easily and he for as long as he could he stood up for it he was just getting countered left and his lomachenko's left in this fight last saturday teacher was something of beauty that you wonder where was that in the lopez fight where it it, 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 it asked it asked well, more of those questions truthfully though uh and i put this on social media because I, I again i saw a couple of the rounds and you were writing about how dominant he was and some of the other pundits steve kim dan rafel others were chiming in saying how dominant he was that this is the difference when you have a fully healthy shoulder and it's no secret he made it mention in the and the surgeon verified all this he had shoulder damage when he was fighting teofimo lopez and they had given him an injection uh, for the shoulder. But clearly in the first few rounds of that fight, it's almost like he was tentative or saving it up for the back half of the fight. He wasn't doing anything because of a shoulder injury. And correct me if I'm wrong, this was the opposite. He was aggressive from the very beginning, was throwing punches with the right hand. The right shoulder was the injured shoulder. And he looked like the Lomachenko of old. He looked like the fighter that had become one of the best pound-for-pound fighters in the world again. And the argument can be made because the shoulder was fully healthy, right? That, that's the case, TJ. And what apparently, all, who knew, TJ, all you need to do have to, have a, to look so dominant in the ring against a guy is just have two working arms. I mean, I, it's a simple <laughs> concept. And the one thing that Lomachenko really did well, TJ, was he was more moving around as well, where it's like, whatever, whatever, whatever. It, playbook they had for the Lopez fight was thrown out this was back to the, the old Lomachenko in terms of like this style and aggression it, it was a it was a great approach from him. I loved it and the one thing I'm hoping for with this is that we see more of this in his future fights they, they're teasing this Lomachenko Lopez rematch TJ I'm gonna be honest with you I have zero interest in that and really? personally I have zero not only that and I also think by the time that fight comes around after this George Cambosis thriller IBF mandatory blase blase I think Lopez moves up. He's been complaining about his weight for like four years now. And his dad's he's using it as an out as well. So I really do believe that Lomachenko is waiting for him to come back down for that rematch. I just don't see it happening because if it happens anytime next, next year. We love the inside of Marquise John, senior writer, bigfightweekend.com. Uh, you, you are on the record. You don't care to see a rematch with, with Lomachenko with a healthy shoulder against Lopez to see if he can avenge the defeat. You don't care. You don't want to see that. I'm not in the I'm not I'm not in the camp where TJ and for one reason because I know they're gonna put this behind a paywall and that's one of those things where it's like oh well, man I gotta get ready get get the wall out fans not just not just Marquise but get ready between Fury Wilder Pacquiao Spence um, eventually Anthony Joshua and Usyk that's gonna probably be on the zone but that's still a monthly subscription I mean there's I'm mean, yes the the uh, ESPN pay per view arm will be used for Lopez. 
and Lomachenko, if that's the case, and it may be used for Lopez's next fight if this fight with Triller falls completely through. I mean, while we're on the subject, we don't know how sick Teofimo Lopez still is from COVID-19 or not. It is confirmed that he was symptomatic and having problems. What's not known is, has he fully recovered? Has he gone back to training after the Cambosis fight was postponed from a couple of weeks ago? We don't know that answer right now. And if he is still having issues, and we saw, for example, I know it's an older fighter, but this is a good example. And Jamel Herring also talked about this, and he's younger. But Alexander Povetkin looked awful after battling COVID for the better part of a month to six weeks and is now retired. Jamel Herring didn't look great in his fight after having COVID-19, and he readily admitted, I was not the same guy in training after this for that fight with Okendo. Uh, last fall before Herring ended up being the Herring of old and fully healthy uh, when he fought Carl Frampton and knocked him out. But that fight with Akindo, he readily admits COVID-19 zapped me and zapped me in my training. This is an unknown with Teofimo Lopez right now. Yes. Yeah, TJ, it, it's weird that we don't know if he's how how serious is this COVID system system that you get to a systematic and because we saw him on his Instagram and photos, you know, in Italy eating really, really, really good regardless. Do so we believe you- that he was really in Italy. And really, in this time frame, no. that's that could be some shenanigans. I'm not saying TJ that they 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 had him go away somewhere, but I, I find it very odd that this guy who moved from Brooklyn to Arkansas all of a sudden just just decided and, to. And drop first him. of all, COVID COVID positive and traveling internationally and being able to get to Italy, it's a little far fetched. From from Little Rock, yeah, I'm calling. <laughs> yeah, sure. All right. I have, I have been in a Little Rock airport, and they don't exactly have a nonstop to Milan yeah. or Rome or anywhere else in Italy. Yeah. Uh, for Teofimo Lopez. So we'll see if the Cambosis fight comes off uh, or not. A couple of other news items, and I promise uh, we're going to get to Showtime Sean Porter and his comments about a proposed Terrence Crawford fight. He was making that earlier in the week. Our buddy T.C. Martin of the T.C. Martin Show, five days a week in Las Vegas. Uh, I was out in Vegas. Again, I was right there with Sean Porter when he was making these comments. You will want to hear them a little bit later on uh, in the podcast. While we stick with some of the news of the week and some of the different stories uh, that are coming out this week. We don't know about the Lopez Cambosis uh, rescheduling. Again, the fight was supposed to be in June. Are they going to be able to have it in August? It doesn't look like it. It looks like it's going to happen in September. Is that fight going to fall through altogether? Meanwhile, Triller and their CEO, Ryan Cavanaugh, who's a former music and movie producer, They are at odds with Iron Mike Tyson and about Tyson's next fight. And Kavanaugh has revealed uh, in a letter that he says they are suing Mike Tyson to stop him from having a future exhibition fight later this year without them, without the broadcast service, without the app, Triller. They say they have the rights to his next fight. Marquise, what did you make of this? Mike Coppinger got the letter exclusively. Mark, Mike Coppinger, who is the new uh, insider for boxing for ESPN, boxing and MMA uh, for ESPN. Um, what do you make of this? That Ryan Kavanaugh putting Tyson um, right in the crosshairs, putting him on blast. Uh, you read the letter. We did a story on bigfightweekend.com. What about it? I think, the, I think the letter of TJ is kind of suspicious. And it's one thing, uh, and congrats to Mike Coppinger on the, on the uh, ESPN gig left behind. And he gets to replace, uh, I think, Ben Baby, who now gets to, gets to cover full-time your Cincinnati Bengals of the NFL this season. Uh, <laughs> but two things with Co- the Coppinger story that doesn't add up to me, honestly. And I I, I, I even asked Coppinger flat out. Of course, I got no response on this shocker. But the one thing I, I asked him flat out was like, okay, so so Mike wasn't planning about not getting paid. 
Roy Jones was complaining and not getting paid among several others. What about that side of the letter? That letter was conveniently missing out of that. And well, the second I mean, what part- Kavanaugh said, in fairness, is, yeah. hey, we have the receipt that we paid $25 million to Mike Tyson's different arms, Frontier and I guess the Legends Only Legends League, Fighting. I guess. Yeah. And, and, and what he says in the body of that letter, and again, you can go – Uh, see it on social media. We wrote about it on bigfightweekend.com. He says, hey, we paid that in full. And if Mike is complaining, I'm saying this publicly, Ryan Kavanaugh, now I'm paraphrasing. If Mike is complaining, he needs to take that up with his people. So this is like shades of Don King, where Mike Tyson finally realized I'm supposed to be making $30 million, but I'm actually only making like two or 3 million because Don King is keeping 90% of my money and putting it everywhere else. This is kind of the same thing. So all the complaints about Triller maybe not coming through is that Mike Tyson had two or three layers that were being paid. And what Kavanaugh's point is, We put all this money out here, and I thought this was very interesting, and you've written about this also. They they had the understanding, we're paying you $25 million, divvy it up however you want, Mike Tyson, because we want you to fight Evander Holyfield. Yeah. He and Holyfield couldn't get together for the money or whatever last fall, and then it became an exhibition with Roy Jones. And what Kavanaugh's point is, we put $25 million in front of you and in your pocket we want the Holyfield third exhibition. That's why we gave you that money. You don't have the right, Tyson, to go do your own thing without us after we fronted that money to your company. That's the gist of the letter. All right, your follow-up, your reaction to what I've laid out for you in the audience there. I'm really intrigued, TJ, to see what receipts Kavanaugh has and where has all this money gone or why hasn't Tyson seen any of this? Because I really do believe at the end of the day, if Tyson had received all this money, he, we, he wouldn't be pulling any of these stunts. And I really do wonder with, with Triller as well, TJ, because this isn't the first time they've done this. They, they, they're, they're currently pushing about this, this, this T.B. lopez Cambosis fight. They made an announcement for this this fight series that's going to take place in August. Uh, but at the end of the day, TJ, they're making announcements of fights. We need actual fights. So it's one of those crapper off the pot kind of deals. Would like it's, yeah. it's cool to it's well, cool to like make Oscar De La Hoya was supposed to fight now in the month of July, and they yeah. now have pushed that completely back to September. Uh, you're right. They announced a fight series that will be at the Madison Square Garden Hulu Theater, the adjacent theater, not the big Garden Arena uh, in New York. That's coming in a four, I think it's a three or four part fight series that's yeah. coming starting in August. But again, that's not blockbuster names. Um, so we'll see what happens with Triller. I just think it's very interesting uh, that this is a public PR assault towards Mike Tyson, who made it very clear, by the way, back in March, I have no deal with, with Triller. I've never met with them. I'm not talking to them. I have my own Legends League. I'm going to do my own thing. And Tyson has made no secret, not only Holyfield, he wants to fight Lennox Lewis in one of these exhibitions because those two guys fought in 2002, now some 19 years ago. So he wants Lennox Lewis to be the next exhibition, and Ryan Kavanaugh is doing the the not-so-fast, my friend. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we, we, we want this next fight. You can't just we, – we have a contract. We have a contract that says we have the rights to your next two exhibitions is what Kavanaugh is saying. And so let's see where that goes uh with the court um all right gut feeling from you do we see a mike tyson exhibition again before the year is over or is all this going to be tangled up in court for the next six months of 2021 what is the prediction marquise 
I think this gets taken up in some sort of legal proceeding because I, I'm just not convinced Triller's really racing to put these fights out, TJ. I'm just going to be honest with you. It, it, they're, 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 they're doing the thing that they're doing reverse Eddie Hearn at this point. We're, we're, while we're, wait, we're waiting, waiting for the Eddie Hearn fight announcement, we're getting fights announcements from Triller. We're just not getting the fights. It's ridiculous. <laughs> Which do you prefer? We will have an announcement next week and no fight, or you have announcements and still no fight with what Triller's happening. And by the way, we should make mention again, this is now week four. We've come to the end of week four of we'll have an announcement next week about Anthony Joshua defending the unified heavyweight belts over in uh, England against Alexander Usyk. And yet there's nothing official. Eddie Hearn keeps saying September 25th is the date, mate. September 25th is the date. Well, why isn't Usyk's camp saying that? And why isn't it officially announced? And why aren't there promo posters everywhere? Tickets on sale? A venue announced Tottenham Hotspur Stadium or not? And, uh, and, and to we, piggyback yeah. off that, why isn't Anthony Joshua, quote unquote, getting ready for this fight in September when I see him on Twitter pretty much posting promotions for video games? Yeah, so true. I don't know when this is happening. That's basically <laughs> the only thing that he's doing uh, is promoting, I should say, not promoting the Usyk fight. He's clearly working out. He still looks thick, looks cut. Yeah. But he's not promoting a Usyk fight at the moment. Uh, so, and uh, uh, Alexander Usyk obviously wants this fight, and he's on he's on social media saying he wants it. But I keep coming back just one more time to what we said last week, just the brief version. There must be language that they don't agree with and are haggling over for the rematch. And who gets to dictate what in the event of a rematch? If if Usyk wins. He is not wanting to sign over everything, just like Andy Ruiz was apparently willing to do to get the fight. And Ruiz, again, in a different position. He was a heavyweight contender, not a former champion, not a propped-up Olympic gold medalist, former champion like what Usyk is. Uh, so he wasn't in as similar position to dictate on rematch terms, but Usyk is. So we'll see on that. Anything else? News of the week uh, here, Marquise, or did we pretty well cover most of it for this week are we good we covered everything for the most of it except one note uh steve kim mentioned it now uh, parlayed as well uh jack catterall is finally getting a shot against josh taylor that mandatory bout finally uh supposedly in october in scotland it's gonna be a hometown bout for taylor and once that happens we'll go from there <laughs> we'll see what happens with taylor who most recently beat jose ramirez has all four belts at 140 and once again for leonard ellerby's benefit because he was saying this after we taped it and, and put the podcast to bed and put it out last week when he kept saying uh, you got to bring something to the dance. You got to bring something to the dance if you're if you're fighting against Javante Davis. Well, number one, Mario Barrios. Not not many people know who knew who he was in terms of bringing anything to the dance. And Josh Taylor had two million people watch him on ESPN in the win over Jose Ramirez. And Josh Taylor, to the point of that Catterall fight, if they have it at an outdoor venue in Scotland, it will have 20,000 people there because he's a hero in the UK. Yeah. And keep in mind, Gervonta Davis is a big deal in this country right now, certainly in the East Coast, eastern half of the country, Baltimore, Atlanta. But Josh Taylor's just as big a deal in the U.K. And as much yeah. as you might say Josh Taylor doesn't have as much interest in the United States, they would say the same thing about Gervonta Davis in the U.K. Uh, right now on how big a deal is he really. Uh, we'll see. And by the way, one other note, this whole controversy with the drug testing thing and now the Nonito yes. Donaire, uh, John Riel Casamayor, the two Filipinos world championship bantamweight unification fight is off because Casamero uh, did not want to participate in the voluntary anti-doping um, program 
that uh, Donair was being insistent on. We want him in Vada where he gets tested at random much earlier before fight time. Mm-hmm. They squabbled over it and Donair is called off the fight. We didn't even have time to get hyped up. The fight was only on for a week and it's now off for August 14th. And Donair says, I'm not fighting Casimiro. It's amazing, TJ, how fast that fight was announced and disintegrated into bits uh, in a matter of like 72 hours. And it, and it brings up a very important part also, TJ, with, with uh, Donaire complaining about Cashier not setting up for the VADA testing and whatnot. When, uh, because Donaire is part of the WBC, you know, clean boxing program. Keep in mind, TJ, the clean boxing program is just a list of names on the volunteer program. It's not like, hey, you're on it. You're getting tested like right now. Like no one's being tested. And people keep forgetting about this. During this pandemic, TJ, the WBC, like most other sanctioning bodies, kind of relaxed things a little bit like sanctioning fees and I don't know testing programs because well <laughs> what's there a test for if there's no fight happening and that's what right. this all stems from and the long but, story short don't- but just to fill in the blanks real quick because this was the controversy midweek yeah apparently Donaire's side was saying to make this official and sign the contracts you got to be in the VADA program and you got to be tested and Casimiro wouldn't do it, apparently. And the dog ate my homework. And I lost my login and password to get into the VADA website and fill the out the paperwork forms. was late. Was my the paperwork <laughs> was late. Uh, and again, the suspicion there is what what are you taking that you're trying to stay out of the VADA program? Not, not Nevada, where I was just staying in Las Vegas with the wife and twins. Yeah. But why are you so against the VADA program testing you right now six weeks out from the fight? Is it a concern that you're on something and you haven't cycled off of it enough and you're going to flunk a test? Like a la Jean Pascal or Big Baby uh, Davis, uh, uh, Big Baby Jarrell uh, Miller, or, or some of these other drug flunkies. Uh, because you haven't cycled off, you don't have enough time. So that's, again, that's what you said. That's what caused this fight to unravel so quickly. And Donaire has basically moved on and said, hey, I want to fight the monster again, Naoya Inouye, uh, in a unification fight with him instead of Casimiro. Uh, and maybe they'll do that fight again in Japan in a rematch. It was a great fight at the end of 2019 that Inouye suffered a fractured eye orbital, fought through, and still beat Donaire. Yeah. I know there are rumors, Marquise, about Donaire. And whether he's got something going on with PEDs and and doping and something to be continually able to make weight at 118 at Bantamweight at 38 years of age when he had previously fought at 122 on a couple of occasions and he's able to move back down. Yeah. I understand where there's suspicions, but Donaire's saying, hey, check me. Check me. I'm in the VADA program. Random test me. And he has been drug tested in and around these uh, fights that he's had recently and hasn't had any problems. Yeah, TJ, yep. it's 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 a matter of just essentially whatever Cashner was on doesn't want what doesn't want to doesn't want anyone else for us to find out. Um, now now I kind of want to know what the heck it is like everybody else now because 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 there's there's enough time at this point. So you you have to wonder if there's something really going on behind the scenes with that. And Donaire's been pretty adamant hey, about I, this. I thing. know this too, and this applies to all sports. And then I promise we're moving on. And Showtime, Sean Porter coming up as well. Yeah. Uh, the athletes that are in a sport, no. I mean, when I'll go back in time. Uh, common sense was part of this, but when the East German women's swimming team became <laughs> so dominant in the late seventies and they looked Marquise literally like dudes, they were <laughs> muscle bound female swimmers that had muscles in places that you wouldn't think females had muscles all over the place. They looked, they were heavier, they were big. 
everybody around the sport was saying, this is a joke. This does not naturally happen. The athletes knew. We'll bring it back to Barry Bonds, which we've joked about on this podcast in baseball. The dude is 37, 38, 39, and he's muscle-bound like a linebacker. and hitting the batter's box. He's hitting 50, 60 home runs a year with a bat that's quicker than 23 and 24-year-olds. And people in the sport are saying this doesn't naturally happen. It's being enhanced. And so you bring it back to can you cut weight and still be effective in a big – the guys know. The guys in and around the sport know. And there's obviously a suspicion around Casemiro that he's taking stuff or they know something about him taking stuff. That's what I come back to just one more time. The athletes around, they know. Yeah, and TJ, to, to piggyback your point also, the greatness of Alex Rodriguez in that interview at 60 Minutes, flat out saying, quote, I know I wasn't taking Tic Tacs, end quote. It, yeah. And so it's, it's, it's all that. It's there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I still remember Carl Lewis talking about this because we got the Olympics coming up with the sprinters mm-hmm. and the Ben Johnson controversy with the steroids and the Seoul Olympics, and that's, that's when it really uh, came to the forefront because it was on the world stage at the Olympics. But Carl Lewis was talking about this and the other people that were around him that he was big rivals with Ben Johnson, the Canadian sprinter. And Ben Johnson was just obsessed with beating Carl Lewis. And again, Ben Johnson was built like a strong safety running track. But Carl Lewis said you were around him and his demeanor was different from having been around him. It was almost like something like roid rage with the anger. He said his eyes were yellow, like cancer, like liver disease. He goes, you just knew you knew he is on stuff. You could tell. Uh, so again, the athletes, we go back to Donair. Donair and his wife. His wife has been crucifying, killing Casimiro's camp and advisors about the reasons why they won't get in the VADA program and about them lying about the voluntary anti-doping program. She's been clobbering them. Yeah. And I think with the, with the backing of her husband and others saying, this guy's dirty. We may not have a positive test to prove it right now, but we know he's cycling on and off stuff to stay at Bantamweight. And so there you go. We've, we've now yeah. given you much more probably than you bargained for audience on drugs and drug testing and, uh, and the VADA testing and the, and the whole bit. Uh, for And again, it, the central point of this, and this should mm-hmm. be for every fight fan, you want the fights to be as legitimate as possible. You right, Marquise? Yeah. You don't you yeah. don't want one guy to be doping on something, taking something while the other guy's fighting clean. We don't want this to be Vince McMahon's WWE. Yeah, TJ. And, and at this point, especially with boxing, we there's already enough variables as it is once the fight happens, once the bell rings between, you know, questionable referees and judges and right. bad judging scorecards. You don't want anything being tilted way way beyond that with the scales with, with, with things people are taking beforehand with any illegal substances or anything to gain an advantage in the ring in a sport that could possibly kill somebody. You just sure. don't want that. <laughs> and, and again, the reference to McMahon and the WWE, the boxing line was blurred for the longest time under Don King and others, like you said, about controversial, if not fixed referees and judges, it seemed like in fights. Is this choreographed to make sure we get a rematch or a third yeah. fight? Drug testing is just thrown to the side and let's let guys do whatever they want. That seemed to be what pro wrestling was for the longest time. Yeah. And they tried to clean it up. So anyway, there you go. What we need to do, Marquis, stand by. Here we go. We need to pause for a moment. We're going to hear from Showtime Sean Porter 
Is he potentially fighting Terrence Crawford? And may that be this fall? You're going to hear Sean Porter in his own words on the Big Fight Weekend podcast. That and a lot more, including this Showtime card with Chris Colbert in the main event. That's the biggest fight card of the weekend in North America coming on Showtime Premium Cable for Saturday night on July 4th weekend. Happy Independence Day as we rock on here on the Big Fight Weekend podcast. But first, we're brought to you by our friends at WinBet, bringing you the action of real sports betting with the Win Las Vegas experience. Get in on all your favorite teams, players, sports, and games. Generous promos, odds, and parlays are happening right now at WinBet. Get started today. You'll receive a special offer for up to $500 risk-free on a sports bet. Terms and conditions apply. Get the details at winbet.com. And download the app today. Again, that's wynnbet.com. And we're brought to you by PropSwap, America's number one app to buy and sell sports bets. Find the best odds on the NBA championship and the Stanley Cup futures when you buy directly from other bettors on PropSwap. If you see a ticket you like but think the price is too high, submit a bid for the price that you think is fair and then buy it. Every ticket purchased on PropSwap can be resold at any time with one click of the button and PropSwap gives you a suggested price tool to let you know how much your ticket should be worth. And in fact, just last week, a PropSwap customer sold a $100 ticket for the Atlanta Hawks at 175 to 1 to win the Eastern Conference. He sold that $100 ticket for 6200 bucks after the Hawks won the first game in the Milwaukee series. With PropSwap, your bet doesn't need to win in order to make money. It just needs to improve. Kind of think of it like the stock market, but for sports betting. Use our promo code SGP and your first deposit is for up to $500 in bonus cash, $500 in bonus cash. Go to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app today. That's PropSwap. And a reminder, the SGPN app is right there live now in the App Store and the Google Play Store. This app gives you easy access to all of our picks, all of our podcasts, everything in the content from the SGPN family of shows and everything that's going on on the app. Don't forget, give us an app review. Download the SGPN app today in the App Store and the Google Play Store. Look for us. It's the SGPN app. We're back on Big Fight Weekend. Now, here's your host, TJ Reeves. We are back in one more time. I'll call back in senior handicapper for Big Fight, or senior uh, writer for BigFightWeekend.com. He also likes to handicap on the fight odds. Marquise Johns is back uh, with me. Uh, By the way, uh, we took a little pause there to go over the different sponsors. We again make mention our friends at the Cosmopolitan Hotel. Uh, Many thanks. I just stayed there, Marquise. They're another sponsor, by the way, that's with us on Big Fight Weekend. A fantastic uh, multi facility high rises plural a couple of them over a hundred thousand square feet of casino uh they've got the chelsea theater that's got concerts uh coming back a huge sports book 12 different high-end restaurants and food stops everything you could want at the cosmopolitan and of course uh wilder fury three coming up 
Pacquiao Spence coming up right there in Vegas on the Strip. Go stay at the Cosmopolitan. Find out more. Very futuristic, high-tech art design. Uh, two tremendous, phenomenal pools. I was just out there taking advantage of that with the wife and the twins. It's 110 degrees in the summer in Vegas. Yeah. Go check them out. Cosmopolitan of Las Vegas. CosmopolitanLasVegas.com. Go stay out there. Uh, with our friends at the Cosmopolitan sponsoring us. So Marquise is back with me. I just want to confirm, uh, you did not, uh, during that last time out, you didn't go take a VADA test. We didn't have any VADA testing during the interlude there on the Big Fight Weekend podcast. You're good? Oh, no. Oh, no, not yet, TJ. I'm, 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 I haven't signed the paperwork yet. I'm, I'm waiting for it to come in. That way I can submit it to... Uh, to You're to, not uh, in the VADA camp. program, along yeah. with John Riel Casamayor, the, uh, yeah. or Casimiro, the uh, WBO Bantamweight champion. Uh, all right, so speaking of champs, I've been teasing this long enough. Showtime Sean Porter. Got the privilege of being around him, saying hello to him, meeting him in person uh, in Las Vegas on the T.C. Martin Show. Our buddy T.C. Martin, tcmartinshow.com. He's on five days a week in the afternoons in Vegas. Sean Porter was a guest on Monday. And better than me play this up even more, he began to talk about fighting Terrence Crawford, world welterweight title fight. What's happening here? Is Crawford's deal over with with top-ranked boxing? or not um is porter going to be that next fight is it going to be somebody else well sean porter on with tc martin i was hanging with him as well listening to these comments on the monday afternoon show earlier this week he started talking about where his next fight may be and is it with bud crawford here you go we've been friends for a long time um and i said publicly i want to apologize to terrence crawford i think that uh, the, the, the decision that we made some years ago, hey, if anyone wants us to fight, let's not do that. If right. we want to fight, let's make it because we come together and we decide that we're going to do that. And I think publicly saying, yeah, I want to fight Terrence. I'm waiting on him. Da, 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 da. Right. I don't think he really liked that. I think it left a bad taste in his mouth and he stopped returning my text messages, stopped returning my, my phone calls and things like that. And I said, you know what? Here's the thing. After boxing, dude, we got a whole lot, lot of life to life, a lot of life to live. Right. And um, you take a look at the guys like Tim and and Dre and myself. Even though I wasn't with those guys as an amateur and I wasn't with those guys right. as pros, I looked up to those guys. I was always right. looking at those guys, striving to do the same things yeah. that those guys did as amateurs and as pros. And so when I can text uh, Tim while he's on the on the on the air, right. and then he'll shoot me a text back like, "Hey man, I like what I hear from you too." It's just a lot of respect, right. and it's going to go a long way, much further past when we compete as boxers. Mm. And so that's kind of where I'm at right now with publicly apologizing to Terrence is because I understand that we got a whole lot of life to live mm. beyond getting in and out of the ring, mm. and whether or not we do that, I want to resolve whatever conflict we have because I know that for a long time we can be friends we can only be enemies in the ring for 12 rounds but we can be friends for a long time I, I want to expand on that just a little bit because again we have talked before about you and Terrence Crawford and yeah. the friendship that you guys had and people were saying even when we had Bob Aramon Bob said I really would like to get these guys in but you know it sounds like they don't want to fight each other but then you came forward and said no you yeah. would you would like to fight him yeah and i know that there's been stories here the past week that have been circulating about that you trying to get terrence back into the ring yeah so if you can talk a little bit about that of actually what you've said to try to get him in the ring and where that stands oh well you know what i think everything it kind of went from the long story short went from a conversation we had probably in july of last year once the boxing got back going after right. the pandemic started to slow down and things like that i said hey what do you think 
He says, I'm working on something big. I said, all right, respect. Go ahead, do what you got to do. I have my fight against Fumela, of course. And then after that, I think everybody's, you know, I started to kind of read into the hype of make this Terrence fight Crawford and, and Sean Porter fight happen. And, you know, a lot of it was just publicly, I want to fight. I'm waiting on him, da 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 And then after that was, you know, hey, how you doing? Text messages from me. What's up, my man? Things like that. And they, they kind of, they all went unanswered. Uh, I actually saw Bo Mack, his coach, last week. Mm-hmm. And I said, yo, Bo, tell your guy to pick up the phone, man. I'm really just reaching out as a friend. I'm not reaching out to make a fight happen. Yeah. I really genuinely just, when I reach out now, I want to see how you're doing and things like that. I said, tell him my bad for the way I started to do things. But I, I, all respect to him, and I just really want to, you know, rekindle whatever friendship he feels that we have at this point. So I would say right now, if the fight can be made, it, it, it'll be made because um, that's something that Top Rank wants to do. Right. Uh, and I they do. I've, Bob think, is interested. They are interested. There's but no I doubt. think I've seen publicly okay. that there's some 140-pounders moving up yeah. and some other guys that at 147 that are a part of, a part of Top Rank that they're trying to maybe, you know, uh, push out to Terrence. So we'll see what happens. At this point, have I slowed down mentally on fighting Terrence? Probably because I, I don't feel like it can happen. You're saying, hey, right. that fight's there. So... When I go to the gym tomorrow, you know it will be on my mind. Right, exactly. Yeah. And I did tell Bob, I said, you, you got to take care of Sean. Don't, don't lowball him. We gotta told him. Take we, care told of Sean. <laughs> we, yeah. we talked about that. If anybody, for anybody out there that doesn't think that this fight can be sold as a pay-per-view, it can be sold as a pay-per-view. I'll do what I have to do, and, and I'll make Terrence do whatever needs right. to be done. If you want to take this fight just to t- just to uh, primetime ESPN and primetime Fox, we're not going to leave Fox out of the deal. Right. I'm completely fine with that. This does not have to be a pay-per-view for me in order for me to fight Terrence. If it's not a pay-per-view, quiet as it's kept, more people will see the fight. Right. So I'm down for that. But the money's got to be right. right. All right. So some intriguing stuff. Marquise, I defer to you. Um, scale of 1 to 10. 1, it's uh, got no shot of happening. 10, it absolutely happens. Gage, speculate uh, what you just heard. Sean Porter says he's talking to Terrence Crawford. Give me a number. Where does this come in on, on happening or not? I'm going to give you five with an asterisk. The asterisk is because, <laughs> I'm, the, the asterisk is because I think it happens once Crawford's covers up with Top Rank. It, okay. The names that Top Rank was mentioning for Crawford's next fight, TJ, were absolutely uh, – I think Sean Sniper Cepeda was one of them. It's like, oh, man, it's just not one of those things. It's like they have to have somebody a little better. At this point, TJ, they they can just bring back Mean Machine. But clearly, (laughs) clearly Top Rank and Crawford are on the outs. They're feuding. There's like a 1%, maybe even a 0.1% chance that he would re-sign with Top Rank. Do you believe Sean Porter's kind of being the go-between and, and talking to Crawford privately, and we're going to see Crawford do a deal similar to what Manny Pacquiao de- does, where he does like a two-fight deal, where he gets to fight Porter, and he maybe then gets the winner of Spence Pacquiao. He fights a couple of fights with PBC, because my, you know, my understanding it's the same thing with Canelo Alvarez. They want at least a couple of fights with him. That's the holdup on can it get done for the Caleb Plant fight. Yeah. They want a second Canelo fight after that. They got a second Manny Pacquiao fight after he beat Adrian Broner with Keith Thurman. Now they're getting a third fight. The same would be true with Crawford. Do you believe that part of this is trying to tease and appease uh, Crawford, entice him to come be with PBC, PBC for a couple of fights? And that uh, in some ways, Sean Porter's kind of the go-between here to make one of those fights happen with him and then with somebody else. 
It's the possibility, TJ, and it's it's a it's a cool fairy to think that if Crawford can somehow get you know get this fight with with Sean Porter, and then at the end of it get the winner this uh, this Pacquiao Spence fight. But I really think TJ, if that was the case, and that, and that's when circle back to that that weird fight nonsense of people talking about Spence Crawford again, and I really believe at that point, TJ, I think Spence moves up. So it's it's one of those weird it's one of those weird carousels where it's like. The ball keeps spinning on this, but I, for, for Terrence Crawford's sake, he has to find somewhere we can get, can, can get a fight. Let it be. I would way. say this, though. All yeah. right. So, this is perfect world, which is never boxing. We can't wave the magic wand. Oh, yeah, never. But <laughs> if you could get a, a legit Terrence Crawford, Sean Porter fight in October, and I will tell you, Sean Porter legitimately, sincerely, on the air and off the air, believed he could be the October opponent. He's training right now for Terrence Crawford, and they could do the fight on ESPN on top rank, and then Crawford's a free agent. If you had that fight and Crawford wins, let's say, over Porter and wins convincingly, and now you have Spence, Pacquiao, and whoever wins, that guy's available, particularly if it's Spence, that is a very intriguing Crawford-Spence to put them in there in a mega fight if it happens. I just see you shaking your head because I can see you on video. You don't believe it's realistic. Even I, even if Crawford were to side and sign on with PBC, I just don't think TJ at this point that with Errol Spence, I don't see him really needing this Crawford fight, and I think that's going to be the that's going to be the main catapult of this thing even happening at this point because Crawford has already been on. But I mean, if Spence months. moves up to one fifty four, is he fighting Jermel Charlo in the same PBC stable? Is that what you think is happening? No, I think they start from from the bottom. I, I don't because I, I really. Why would you do? I mean, I rarely, I rarely go back and forth and mix it up with you. But why would you do yeah. that if you're Errol Spence to go up and fight lesser fighters when you could potentially fight Bud Crawford on a pay per view and maybe get ten million guaranteed or more? I, I really do think on on because I, I I can see it's happening once at the event that Spence beats Pacquiao, you're gonna hear some weird phrasing, and I'm gonna give you this phrase to remember where he's gonna say something along the lines where I've done everything that I could at welterweight. I'm gonna hear you're gonna hear something crazy along those lines. <laughs> he beat he beat Manny Pacquiao. Let's be honest. Well, if, if, if he if he beats Manny Pacquiao, that, that's gonna be the end game. So I believe that's why I really believe with that because because we're all in that camp where I think where Spence moves up and then I believe Jermel moves up also, which which creates all this. But then again, if you're Crawford, all right, and he, yeah. and you beat Sean Porter and and now uh, Spence in theory is vacating the belts like you yeah. say if I'm Crawford I go collect the belts and beat PBC fighters if I have to do it and sign up a two or three fight deal with PBC and beat them all if and Spence you know doesn't want to fight me I'll make my money and fight other guys and that intrigues me more than anything else because I'm looking forward to seeing if, if, if Crawford makes his way over to PBC and he moves up to 154 to take on the Harrisons and the Rosarios of the world. I'm all for those. It's, 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 a, it's a different fight for him. And then more importantly, TJ, for Crawford, it's a different fight between credible opponents well, that aren't Kavalaskis. And, and I agree with that, or Amir Khan or Kel Brook. And, yeah. But Abe Gonzalez, who you referenced from NewYorkFights.com, he was with us a few months ago, and his theory was Crawford moves up to fight Jermel Charlo. So if that one is what's happening with PBC, you would understand that better. But Sean Porter, yeah. obviously out of his own mouth, is trying to broker this with Terrence Crawford for <laughs> himself to be in there. And let's see if that can maybe happen. All right, enough about that fight. Yeah. Uh, for our friends at sportsgamblingpodcast.com, we got a couple of fight cards, one this weekend and one in Australia next Wednesday that we're going to look at. Gambling odds here, uh, going to be long odds uh, for Sir Tug, right? The, uh, the Mongolian fighter. Uh, who's fighting against Chris Colbert, big puncher Colbert fighting Showtime main event. 
non-title fight. They're calling it the WBA interim junior lightweight title. Again, the WBA has got 57 belts, as Marquise knows, and the audience knows, for every weight division. So Colbert is fighting for a lesser version of the WBA junior lightweight championship. This one's scheduled for 12. Showtime main event, Carson, California. Colbert's got uh, – he's heavily favored. He's got uh, huge uh, odds that you have to lay to make any money. Uh, stay away. What are you What are you saying here for gambling purposes? Uh, for gambling purposes, TJ, uh, go ahead and stay away from the main event. I think Colbert absolutely uh, styles on uh, uh, King Tug. The one problem with the, the this Colbert fight, TJ, and the better, it's a better opponent for him in name and competition and resume. But at the end of the day, once the bell rings, it's it's a it's a late replacement, TJ, on, on less than two weeks' notice. Nothing usually good happens out of all of that. And the one problem with King Tug also is that he's been inactive since he lost to Gary Russell. And the the last time we all saw Gary Russell Jr., which seems like I don't know president a half ago so <laughs> none that, that's that's the that's the problem too and, and Colbert was supposed to really face Yorkus Gamboa that's where this fight's a better fight than that but not by much I, I right. personally teach I'll stay away from it but I would recommend if you are interested in any sort of goofy parlay parlay the favorites Colbert um, um Mikhail Rivera who's going to open up the Showtime card should beat John Fernandez pretty easily in spectacular fashion that's pretty much the only play and try to see if you can parlay that with something down the line. So Rivera is a lightweight. He is an up and comer and uh, he's the co-feature on the Showtime card. And again, they're replaying the Gervonta Davis, Mario Barrios fight on the Showtime premium cable network Saturday night during that fight card. So that's in Carson, California for gambling purposes. Those two guys, Colbert and Rivera heavily favored in their two fights, take the underdog at your own risk. Um, okay, and also in Australia, before we're back on the next podcast, they love to fight goofy midweek fight cards, not on the weekends. Next Wednesday night in Australia, the top junior middleweight from Australia, the son of the Hall of Famer Costa Zoo is Tim Zoo. He is back in action. Late replacement for him as well. Michael Zarafa was the opponent. Zarafa is a guy that defeated Jeff Horn, the former world welterweight champ about uh, two years ago, approximately, lost yeah. the rematch to Horn. Zarafa pulled out of this fight uh, just a couple of days ago, citing COVID concerns, among other things, because there's been spikes in COVID cases in the Victoria province, and he doesn't want to travel there. So Zoo needed a new opponent. Tim Zoo now fighting Stevie Spark. Uh, Spark is a junior welterweight who's now going to move up two classes from 140 to 154 to fight Zoo. This has early KO written all over it uh, for Tim Zoo, who has knockouts in each of his last three fights. He knocked out Jeff Horn himself. He knocked out the veteran Dennis Hogan earlier this year uh, at 154. Hogan, a former world title challenger. All right, so Tim Zhu is the marquee name here, and, and apparently he's going to get an early knockout this fight in Australia on Wednesday. Marquise, give me a little more, because what's looming is Zhu may be fighting for the undisputed junior middleweight title if he keeps rolling and keeps winning. At some point, TJ, they're going to have to give Tim Zhu an actual opponent that's outside of the province, and, and apparently they're running out of guys who can at least weigh 154 in Australia for him to fight now, which is a, a big problem. So yeah, at this point... This will be the last one of these kind of fights. This this shouldn't be no more than three rounds. I, I the, the great example I give everyone to pay attention to was when Amir Khan faced uh, Billy D. Same scenario, TJ, where Amir Khan at welterweight. Billy D. came up three way classes, and even he even joked yeah. about it when he lost in the third round in, in Saudi Arabia back in 2019. So yeah, nothing nothing to see here, as they would say on South Park, but. <laughs> 
that, 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 that once that's all said and done, and then once uh, Jamel Charlo faces Brian Castano for a unification bout uh, next month, the winner of that fight more than likely is going to see Tim Zhu down the line. And I'm looking forward to seeing how that Well, and Zhu more than likely is going to have to, he's fought almost exclusively in Australia. He's going to have to come out of Australia to the United States. And I, and I know we've come out of the COVID-19 pandemic for the most part. They've had somewhat of a flare up here and there in Australia, but by and large, they've had it under control on that continent. They've greatly restricted travel uh, to and from the continent of Australia. They've restricted travel within the provinces of Australia. So they've got it basically under control. But Zoo is basically, he's a hero there, but he's going to have to come out of Australia to fight the winner. And we believe it will be Jermel Charlo to fight the winner of Jermel Charlo and Brian Castaño if he even gets the shot at that winner anytime soon. Got to come to be come to America, I would believe. Like Eddie Murphy and Arsenio Hall, we're running that back with coming to America too. Got to come to America here if you want to make it to, uh, make it happen. If you're Jim Zoo. Yeah, life, exactly. real life. <laughs> <laughs> Where does a king go to find his wife? Queens. Okay, uh, and so in any event. Uh, Zoo fighting Wednesday night at the time we're taping on the weekend, no matter when you're hearing us on the Big Fight Weekend podcast. That's next Wednesday night in Newcastle, Australia, the Newcastle Arena. It's sold out in under one day uh, for the Zoo fight with Zarafa. Zarafa has pulled out the veteran, and Stevie Spark is a fighter that is 12-1, primarily as a junior welterweight. He's won 11 fights in a row, but he's not a junior middleweight. He's not 154. He's coming up 14 pounds. Uh, to have this fight. So more than likely, Tim Zoo gets an easy win. We'll see if that is the case. Did we cover everything for the most part, Marquise Johns? I think we're pretty well good. Anything else to share? No, I think we got everything, TJ. Just remind everyone to check out the website, bigfightweekend.com, for all things past, present, future unboxing news. We'll keep an eye out for the fights going on this weekend. If anything crazy happens, any other fight developments happen, any other fight announcements happening as well over this holiday weekend. Including, uh, we'll have an announcement next week about Anthony Joshua and Alexander Usyk. We're four weeks in counting for that one to be made official, we believe, for September. Why they couldn't go ahead and fight in August is anybody's guess. But now they're waiting for September. And you alluded to it again. Uh, everybody be safe this weekend. Uh, there's a lot of traveling going on. There's fireworks, amateur fireworks with people doing nutty things. Everybody be careful. Enjoy the holiday. We've got boxing on Saturday night of July 4th weekend. We'll wait and see what happens uh, with the fights. But I, I know you echo the same thing, Marquise. Everybody be safe and have a safe holiday weekend and enjoy the boxing. Absolutely. Enjoy the boxing TJ. And personally, because I'm not a big fireworks guy, stick with the sparklers. You can't burn your <laughs> hand up with sparklers. <laughs> and by the way, for those of us that have pets, including me, that go crazy whenever there's amateur fireworks, try to knock it off by like 11 or at yeah. the latest midnight. Come on. Sleeping is underrated. the dog going crazy uh, over all of that. All right. On any event, Marquise, great job. Thank you. I know you'll be all over the recaps and the preview of the Showtime card for this weekend. Uh, we'll write about all the news. And again, the historical perspective, Mike Tyson turned 55 years old earlier this week, speaking mm -hmm. of Tyson and his legal problems with uh, the Triller app and the Triller Fight Club. Yeah. Anything uh, in the historical perspective we love, we love the present day as well. Marquise, knock him dead. Have a great weekend. Happy 4th of July. You just said, DJ. Thanks so much. There we go. And we thank you for being with us again. However you found us, social media links, Sports Gambling Podcast, their network, fleet of shows on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, sportsgamblingpodcast.com. 
Uh, again, subscribe. Apple Podcasts, Spotify has us. Google Podcasts, subscribe. It comes automatically to you. Huge fights that are upcoming. You want to be subscribed because we'll come back in the recap mode, not just the preview mode with new podcasts. You'll get it automatically. For now, we are done. For Marquise Johns, our thanks again to our buddy T.C. Martin. He was a great host out in Vegas, including for, for a couple of meals as well. Uh, T.C. and the T.C. Martin Show, five days a week, finding tcmartinshow.com. We played the clips there from uh, the comments from Sean Porter uh, talking about the Terrence Crawford fight. So thank you, T.C. Martin, as well. For now, we are done. Enjoy the boxing this weekend. Keep it locked in to BigFightWeekend.com where we write it up and we talk it up on the Big Fight Weekend podcast. Bye.